Hello and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I'll be reading Chapter 30 of All You Want by Senlin Yu. This fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 30 I Need This Wait, what? Hermione turned sharply to see Blaise Zabini emerge from a tapestry down the hall, followed by a confused and rumpled-looking Daphne Greengrass. Hermione shot a quick glare of loathing at Daphne. The witch seemed to get around like it was nobody's business. Earlier in the day, Hermione had seen her cornering Draco for what seemed to have been the umpteenth time. Now the aggressive Slytherin girl appeared to have been interrupted from a game of tonsil hockey with Blaze. Hermione tried not to loathe people on impulse— but Daphne Greengrass was beginning to piss her off. She stared at Blaze and ignored his question. You're out past curfew, Zabini and Greengrass. That will be ten points each from Slytherin. Blaze waved his hand dismissively. Right. Never mind that. You're losing your magic, Granger? Fuck off, Blaze. Granger and I are bonding, Pansy said in a sharp voice as she stepped forward. Oh, you're bonding? Blaze's eyebrows arched upward. Does Drake know? Sorry. I'm just wanting some clarification about this whole losing magic thing. Hermione's mouth twitched as she looked from Blaze to Pansy to Daphne. Blaze seemed to realize that the presence of his lady friend was problematic. Daph, love, head back to the dorms without me, will you? What? I want... Daphne started looking visibly sulky. Pansy and Blaze both glared at her. She gave a dramatic sigh. Fine. Daphne stalked off toward the dungeons as Blaze and Pansy looked back at Hermione. Hermione crossed her arms tightly across her chest and stared at the two of them. I'm not the type to put all my eggs in one basket. I'm preparing for multiple possibilities, lining up backup plans. I don't know how this can possibly surprise you. She gestured awkwardly around herself and swallowed. I'm not necessarily going to get approved for surgery anyway. I'm just doing the preliminary interviews. However, if I do get approved and end up going that route, it's not that losing my magic is a sure thing. It's just an associated risk. Pansy snorted and arched her eyebrows. I admit, I'm not studying newt-level arithmancy, but I think I understand enough to know that an 80% chance of never managing so much as a basic household charm afterwards sounds fairly sure. Hermione jerked her chin down and drew herself up. I don't really see why it's any of your business. The fact you went through my school bag and decided to read my medical correspondence doesn't entitle you to have an opinion about my life choices, Pansy. Blaze crossed his arms and looked Hermione up and down as though he were reevaluating her. So, let me get this straight. You're dating Draco now, but if it doesn't work out by graduation, your plan is to become a muggle? He rolled his eyes. That is the most Gryffindor thing I have ever heard in my life. Hermione's face grew hot. I'm sure it is. So what now? Are you two planning to tell Draco? She looked at each of them. Pansy looked strangely subdued, and Blaze continued to look contemplative as he stared at her. She let out a deep sigh. Despite the fact neither of you like me and spend most of your time treating me like I'm on a path to entrap or ruin your friend, I am actually trying very hard not to. 
So, by all means, tell him if you think you should know. She turned on her heel and walked away, wrapping up the remainder of the patrol route without Pansy. After she finished, she headed back toward Draco. When she stood outside the door, she paused for a moment and drew a deep breath before she muttered the password. Draco was up to his ears in charms homework. He looked up from an essay when she walked in. Hey, she said. Hey, he parroted. How are rounds? Dull. Not many students breaking curfew aside from Blaze and Daphne snogging in an alcove. Draco didn't appear at all surprised to hear that Daphne was involved with Blaze. Pansy was all right? Hermione shrugged and sat down on the couch next to him. She's Pansy. Her main insult was that I might possibly be a worse person than her. I can't help but wonder what her mother must be like. Draco set his quill down. Iphigenia Parkinson is a nightmare. Her entire life has revolved around marrying Pansy off. The woman was trying to discuss betrothal contracts with my father when we were fourteen. Hermione's stomach dropped suddenly. Betrothal? Is that still a thing in the wizarding world? Draco shrugged. Sometimes. You aren't... Draco snorted and gave her a long look. No, Hermione, I don't have a fiancé off in the wings that I've forgotten to mention. Hermione twitched her shoulder. I just figured I'd ask. It turns out there are huge aspects of wizarding culture that no one thought to even mention to me. Well, I don't think anyone expected you, Draco said as he pulled her closer. Hermione's mouth quirked for a minute before she kissed him, slowly. She tried to memorize exactly what it felt like when their lips touched. Her jaw trembled. Draco drew back. Is something wrong? Did Pansy... No. Hermione ducked her head down and shook it sharply. I'm just emotional sometimes. These hormones still have me crying all over the place. She traced her fingers along his jaw and then looked into his eyes, hesitating for a moment. In case... In case things end badly with us, Draco... I just want to make sure I tell you, I've really liked this. Draco pulled his jaw down, his eyebrows furrowing. Why are we talking about things ending badly? Hermione rolled her eyes. I'm not saying it's going to end badly. I just want to make sure you know, just in case. I've really liked dating you. I didn't expect that dating could be so much fun. Draco stared at her for a moment before his eyes glittered. Well... I am exceptionally fun, if by fun you mean someone who also thinks ancient runes translation is an acceptable form of pillow talk. Hermione choked and she scooted back with an indignant huff. That was only once! Right, he tilted his head back. Normally it's charms, and last night it was potential uses of boom slang for burn victims. That, that was because your body heat is so high. Afterwards the idea just suddenly came to me. I didn't... I'm sorry about the timing of that, she said, drawing back. Draco stalked her down the couch, and she scooted backward until her back hit the arm of the couch. No, no. You have to tell me. Just... maybe not as the first words out of your mouth after I shag you. Hermione buried her face in her hands. Sorry. I swear I wasn't thinking about it when we were having sex. It just hit me afterward, and I wanted to know what you thought. Draco peeled her hands from her face and loomed over her. Don't hide. I am entirely game for academics as pillow talk. It's part of my natural charm and... fun. He smirked wryly. 
Now stop talking like you expect our relationship to explode any day. If you try to break up with me, I've no intention of taking it lying down. I gave you several outs before we became official. I've used up all my nobility. You're entrapped now. Hermione gave a low laugh and smiled for a moment. All right, then. Draco studied her. Rounds were all right. You seem rather... down. They were fine, Hermione said, looking up at him and trying to will herself into perking up. After a moment, her shoulders dropped a little. I just... talking to Pansy. It made me want to make sure you knew. I think you've saved my school year. I had pretty much resigned myself that it was going to be awful after September. But this... it's really turned the year around for me. I've never really dated anyone before. It's a lot more fun than I'd expected. The corner of Draco's mouth quirked into a smirk, but then his eyes flickered and he suddenly sat back. What? Hermione studied him. Oh, I've just been meaning to ask. His eyes dropped away for a moment and he swallowed before he looked up at her. When we... during your heat... did I... you weren't a... Virgin? Gosh, no. I had before. She felt her cheeks warm and she looked down. After sixth year, I thought there was a chance that being a virgin during the war might not be the best idea. It was probably a bit irrational, but it felt urgent at the time. She gave a small nervous laugh and felt Draco flinch. She jerked her head up and squirmed slightly. So I... I asked my muggle neighbor to. He was a couple years older... I thought he might know more about how to do it then. She coughed and cleared her throat. But he... Well, he wasn't bad. It wasn't uncomfortable. It was just pretty quick. So that was that. She gave a small shrug. It probably would have been better if we'd known each other a bit more. Draco stared at her with a somewhat dazed expression. Wait. So you went home for summer holidays and modified your parents' memories sent them to Australia, packed supplies to live in a tent for seven months, and just... shagged a muggle? Hermione gulped and fidgeted with the hem of her robes. I had a lot of things to do. It's not like it's easy to give people whole new identities and move them to Australia with less than a month's notice. There were finances and paperwork. I had to close their practice, cancel all their future appointments and all that. It was efficient, you know? I knew him a bit. We'd talked before. My parents lived in an older neighborhood, so there weren't a lot of people to choose from that weren't a lot older. And, and at that point, I thought maybe Ron and I would, eventually, even if we weren't ready to yet. I thought it would be better if it wasn't someone he knew, so that cut my options down quite a bit. She glanced up and found that Draco looked a combination of horrified and devastated. It really was fine. She hurried to reassure him. I just assumed after that that maybe I wasn't the type for that, and it would probably be better if it were someone that I had feelings for. In retrospect, I suppose it might have also been related to being an Omega, since sex for us is pretty... emotional. She looked down and studied her knees. That's why, when I first presented, I didn't want McGonagall to just send for the first available Alpha, even though she wanted to. I had sort of told myself I wasn't going to do casual again. That is the most depressing thing I have ever heard. Good God, 
Draco dragged her into his arms and hugged her fiercely. She buried her face in his shoulder with a small laugh. It's fine, Draco. It was quite a while ago. I don't care. That's terrible. Well, just think. If it hadn't been like that, maybe I would have agreed to have Anthony with me during my heat. She shuddered. He probably would have bitten me, and then I'd probably be in Azkaban now for murdering my soul bond mate. I would have murdered him for you. She gave a doubtful laugh and shook her head. Liquefied in a cocoon feels pretty appropriate. Which reminds me, how has he not finished pupating? I keep expecting word to come he's emerged from that cocoon. Draco's eyes glittered. By spring, most likely. I was fairly pissed at the time. Hermione stared at him, mouth gaping. Goodness gracious, Draco! What is he going to emerge as? Draco's mouth quirked in the corner. A swallowtail butterfly. Mostly. He'll still be human, but he'll have wings and be a bit... furry. Then he'll molt after a month or so and be back to normal. Serves the bastard right. Hermione shook her head disbelievingly. Where on earth did you find a spell like that? The manor has a fairly large library. I spent a lot of time going through the books during the summer. It's a seasonally influenced hex. If it had been earlier in the year, he would have only pupated a month. I have to admit, I hadn't remembered it would last this long when I used it. But once I did, well, it just made it better, I think. Hermione smiled. I'm not complaining. It doesn't seem like anyone else is, either. No, they haven't. I guess I'm not too bad at the nobility thing, he said with a smirk as he drew her face toward his. Hermione gave a low laugh against his lips. I guess not. He kissed her. Hermione was in Herbology when a fifth-year prefect found her. Granger, the headmistress asked you to come to her office. Hermione's heart jumped into her throat. Had something happened to Draco? To Harry or Ron? She grabbed her book bag and bolted back to the castle and up to the gargoyle. She sped up the stairs and burst through the door. What? Harry and Ron were both sitting at McGonagall's desk in their gray Auror trainee robes. Hermione stared at them in bewilderment. Has Draco been hurt? She gasped. Mr. Malfoy is in History of Magic, Miss Granger, McGonagall said, quirking an eyebrow. I called you because your friends are here. Hermione pressed her hand against her pounding heart and felt her knees threaten to give out from relief. I thought someone had been hurt. How are you two here in the middle of the week? Harry stood up, shrugging. We were going to come on the weekend, but we got assigned to tag along on a case in Wales, so we decided to come early. Ron stood behind Harry, being suspiciously quiet. Hermione eyed him and found him studying her placidly. I'll leave you three to talk, McGonagall said, standing from behind her desk and leaving. Hermione looked back and forth between her two best friends and folded her arms. I'm assuming this is about my letter, since neither of you wrote back. Harry tucked his head down and shoved his hands into his pockets. We thought it might be better to talk than write. Ron remained mysteriously subdued. Hermione studied him. What happened to Ron? Harry snorted. Ron didn't take the news very well when we got your letter. Molly made him take a triple dose of calming drought before she let him come. He scratched his head and straightened his glasses. I don't think you're supposed to take that much. Malfoy is a wanker, Ron said in a detached and cheerful voice. He sounded eerily like Arthur Weasley. An absolute bastard. Any alpha would be better. Miney, what are you thinking? That's really quite creepy, Hermione said, staring at him. 
I know, Harry said with a grimace. I had to apparate him here. Hermione drew a deep breath and looked away from her friend, who had apparently needed to be sedated up to his eyeballs in order to visit without flying off the handle. So, we're doing this then? Having a fight about whether or not I can date Draco? Her voice was sharp, and she looked between Harry and Ron. No, not necessarily. Harry raised his hands and held them open. His tone was soothing. Hermione arched an eyebrow. Harry, if you try to use aura negotiation tactics to calm me, you will be hexed. Harry dropped his hands and looked awkward. He ran a hand through his hair. Right, sorry. Um, so you're really dating Malfoy? That is a thing that you are actually doing? How can you date someone who watched you get tortured? Ron said in a calm, musing tone that belied the question. Hermione twitched and looked away. I am trying to move on from that, Ron. She drew a deep breath and put her hands on her hips as she lifted her chin. But yes, I am. I'm dating Draco. We've been seeing each other since before I saw you last Hogsmeade weekend. Since it was new at the time, I didn't mention it because I didn't want to deal with a scene from you two. You're sure about this? Harry's eyes were worried as he studied her. He's... he's just... not someone I'd advise trusting, even in a general sense. Hermione bristled. Draco hasn't done a single thing this year to make me distrust him. He has been extremely and overabundantly careful about making sure he stays within the parameters of what I'm comfortable with. This year, as in during the last three months, that's enough to clear the last seven years for you? After the Room of Requirement? Malfoy Manor. That wasn't even a year ago? Dumbledore? The Inquisitorial Squad? I was willing to testify for him, but this is different. This is you, Hermione. You are one of the most important people in the world to me. Harry took her by the shoulders as he stared at her. He could be using you. His family is disgraced. I know this Omega thing has been sudden for you. I don't want someone like Malfoy to get away with taking advantage of you because of it. Hermione stepped away with a jerk and felt as though there were a pit in her stomach. Well, if he is, he's doing a pretty bad job of it. He didn't tell me he was being attacked and harassed by the other students until I caught them at it. I'm the one who asked him out. So, unless he's a lot more of a mastermind than anyone knows, I doubt he somehow planned all this. So, he's sorry. He apologized for everything he did to you? Harry was studying her carefully. Hermione gave a short nod. He has. He's apologized again and again now. He keeps apologizing, as though he can't make himself stop. I've accepted his apology. Hermione drew a deep breath. I like him, Harry. I like him a lot. An expression of hurt became visible on Ron's face. He opened his mouth, then closed it, shaking his head as though he were trying to clear it before he looked away, rubbing his eyes. Hermione gave a sigh of frustration and shook her head sharply. You can't be offended by this. You were both trying to convince me to soul bond with Charlie last month. You can't be upset with me for trying to be with someone I actually want to be with. Harry stepped toward her again. But Charlie's safe. Even if he isn't your first choice, you know he's not going to hurt you or try to use you. Hermione drew a short breath and stared at the floor. Soul bonding is not a marriage of convenience, she said. It's... Extremely personal. It's extremely intimate. It's not just a marriage bond. It's a bonding of magic, of the soul. You're literally mixing your souls together. 
That's why Malfoy seems like a really questionable person to consider doing it with. Harry touched her hesitantly on the shoulder, as though he expected to be bitten or hexed across the room. Hermione rolled her eyes. I'm not soul-bonding with him right now. I'm dating him. I'm getting to know him. I'm not forgetting the last seven years. I don't know how I possibly can, since every time I turn around, someone helpfully steps up and reminds me about it. I'm not going to try to force it to work. And if it doesn't? A shriveling, sinking sensation welled up inside her chest. Her mouth twitched as she looked up at Harry and then over to Ron before giving a small, careless-seeming shrug. Then we'll break up. Her throat felt tight as she said it. She rubbed her wrists together and glanced away. What happens then? Ron asked. Hermione looked up and found that his eyes seemed a bit clearer. Hermione shuffled her feet. I'll go with plan B. It's not like Draco is the only option I'm considering. I have backup plans. I just want to try this. I want to know if it's an option. Is there someone else you're thinking then? Ron looked hopeful. Hermione's mouth twisted. No, I don't really think I want to do this again. It's too much. I don't really think I have it in me to pursue another relationship this year. Then what's plan B? Hermione shrugged. Medical options. I'm in the interview process with St. Mungo's currently to get surgery. If I just remove the physical aspects of the presentation, it solves most of the problems. But I don't know if I'll even qualify. I might not. In which case, I won't have any choice but to try and make it work with someone. Really, Miney? Surgery is your choice after Malfoy? Hermione felt her face grow hot, but she glared. I already told you. I really like him. Harry stared at her for several seconds. It sounds like a lot more than liking him if that's how you have your options stacked up. There's a reason, isn't there, why medical options aren't usually treated like a choice. Molly never considered that. Hermione dropped her eyes. There are potential side effects for an ovariectomy, but I'm less worried about them than I am about getting trapped in a soul bond I don't want. She jerked her head up. I'm trying not to be overly invested in trying to make it work with Draco, which you should all be pleased to hear. I'm just... He makes me feel like I'm not alone in this. Not that all of you haven't been supportive, but there's a lot to it that's difficult to explain to anyone else. What about Neville? Aren't there a few Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws too? Or even that other Slytherin, not? Aren't they at least worth considering? Neville is not an option, and Theo is... He's very nice, but he's Draco's friend. A really close one. That would be rather awkward to pursue things with him. I want my autonomy. I'm not interested in jumping into a lifelong relationship involving my soul with someone who I'm not sure about. It's extremely... It's... Well, there's a reason why Molly didn't want to. She drew a deep breath. I'm dating Draco. I'm not going to date someone else instead because you like them better. She gave a frustrated sigh. Her chest felt as though it had steel bands around it, keeping her from breathing properly. This is my future, not yours. I would appreciate if you both were supportive rather than not, but even if you aren't, I'm still going to date Draco. Harry sighed and looked over at Ron. Well, if you're sure, we're not here to yell or anything. We're just trying to understand. We'll be here for you, whatever you do. Right, Ron? 
Ron gulped and nodded slowly. Whatever you do, Miney. He offered a wan smile. Hermione stared at them for a minute and then burst into tears. Oh, God, she wailed through her sobs. I always cry now. These stupid hormones, they're still rebalancing and... It's all right. You always cried before, too, Harry said with a wry smile as he pulled her into a hug. I didn't, Hermione said, trying to ruthlessly banish the tears cascading down her face and failing as they kept coming. I was just really worried when you didn't write back and then... Well, this is definitely more tears than usual, Harry patted her shoulder. Sorry, we didn't know what to say in a letter. Ron's lanky arms enveloped both Hermione and Harry in a tight hug, and she clung to them both for several minutes while she bawled. Finally, her sobs eased to sniffles, and she wriggled out of Harry and Ron's arms. Their trainee robes had noticeable tear splotches on them. Sorry, she mumbled as she flicked her wand and banished her tears from their clothes. Don't worry. Mom warned us there would probably be loads of tears last time. Ron's voice was a bit less eerily calm, but he still sounded remarkably detached. I didn't cry at all last time, Hermione said and shot him a sharp glare as she wiped her face. Well, you made up for it this time, Ron said with a small grin as he twisted the sleeve of his jacket and revealed a wet spot she'd missed. Hermione flicked her wand and nothing happened. She scowled and shook it. Come on, you horrid thing. She flicked her wand again and Ron's sleeve dried. Right. So, I didn't yell. So that means I'm the one who gets to threaten the ferret. Where is he? Hermione's eyes widened. Wait, what? Harry ran his fingers through his hair and looked away. I told Ron he could be the one to threaten Malfoy with spectacular doom if he promised not to yell at you at all. Hermione rolled her eyes. No one is threatening Draco. Sorry, horror duties require it. No choice, really, Ron said, straightening. We didn't wear work robes here for fun, you know, Harry said with an expression of mock seriousness. I am well aware that you wore them because Ginny likes them, Harry blushed scarlet. Well, there's that too, but I'm also here to support Ron. Or intimidation is part of training. Hermione sighed. Things are actually rather tense here. If the students see you threatening Draco, they'll take it as a sign that they're allowed to do it too. Mostly everyone has been too surprised to do anything, but if you two make a scene, it could make things go downhill and... She eyed them meaningfully. If he's getting attacked, I'll be the one who has to defend him. Ron gave a disappointed sigh. Fine. McGonagall said we could have lunch here. I'm starving. Savage had us flying an obstacle course for three hours straight this morning. Hermione shuddered and offered a prayer of thanksgiving that she hadn't decided to be an Auror, as they descended the stairs from the headmistress's office. Draco was standing in the hallway when they reached the bottom. Hermione felt Harry and Ron stiffen beside her when they caught sight of him. Draco's expression was a mask as he stared at them. Potter. Weasley. Malfoy. Harry said in a tight voice. Ron and I just stopped by to check on Hermione. The corner of Draco's mouth twitched. Come to save her from the evil Slytherin, then? Here to pack her off to the Dragon Reserves. Hermione studied him. His expression was carefully closed, and his eyes were resigned. I wish, Ron muttered under his breath. Hermione elbowed him in the ribs before stepping over toward Draco. I'm not going anywhere. His eyes flashed with relief, and she slid her hand into his. Our arithmancy project is due next week, she said in a light voice. 
You can't really expect I'd let anyone drag me from the castle after all our work on it. Harry and Ron just came by for a visit to see how I am. Hermione is our best friend, Malfoy. Harry and Ron were both glaring daggers. Really? Draco's drawl had appeared with a vengeance. Somehow I'd missed that detail. Hermione jabbed Draco forcefully in the ribs, and he flinched. I mean, I'm sure that if I hurt her in any way, you too will be in line to torture whatever remains of me once she's done with her turn, Draco said with a thin smile. Harry gave a sharp nod. You can count on it. Glad we've now clarified the obvious, Draco said, rolling his eyes. Hermione shook her head disbelievingly before inspiration suddenly struck. Harry and Ron are going to have lunch here before they leave for a training mission. Why don't we all eat together? She said in a bright voice. All three boys choked audibly. Sure, Hermione, Draco finally said. The words sounded very forced. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's exactly what we had in mind, Harry said, plastering a fake smile on his face. Ron was silent until Hermione glared at him. I've changed my mind about lunch. We should head to Wales now, Harry. We don't want to be late for Wales. I'm not even hungry. All that flying, you know. I'm full of... oxygen. His panic was discernible even through his sedation. Hermione slid her arm into the crook of Ron's elbow and pulled him over. No, no. We should all have lunch together. It will be a good way to highlight interhouse unity. I'm sure the DA members will want to join too. It will be good for the school if they see us all eating together. It will highlight the importance of moving forward. She marched toward the Great Hall, dragging Ron and Draco along with her, while Harry trailed after them wearing the expression of a martyr. She shoved the doors open with her foot and then pulled the boys firmly with her as she scanned the tables to see which had the most space. It was hard to say whose expression was the most horrified as she made a beeline for the Slytherin table and plopped herself down across the table from Theo and Pansy. Do you mind if we join you? Hermione asked in the loud, clear tone she generally reserved for answering questions in class. Harry and Ron are here visiting, and we thought it would be nice to have lunch as a group. Harry, Ron, this is Theo Knott. He's an old friend of Draco's. You both know Pansy. She and I are partners for prefect rounds. Hermione pulled Draco and Ron down onto the bench so that they flanked her on each side. Parkinson, Knott, Harry mumbled as he sat down next to Ron. Ron said nothing. He snatched up a serving fork and sat to piling his plate with food and ignoring where he was seated. Potter, Weasley, Theo said, his eyes wide with amusement. Welcome to the Slytherin table. Don't use the salt, we poison it by a force of habit. Ron jerked his hand away from the salt shaker he'd been reaching for. Hermione was watching the doors of the Great Hall carefully. Ginny and Luna walked in and Hermione raised her arm high over her head and waved them over. Ginny's expression as her gaze landed on the Slytherin table was a mixture of elation and dismay. "'Granger, are you trying to ruin our reputation?' Pansy asked with an expression of distaste as Ginny and Luna sat down next to Harry. Hermione snorted. "'Yes, Pansy, that's exactly what I'm doing. Surrounding you with Order of Merlin recipients in order to ruin your reputation, you'll never recover.' Pansy sniffed and looked down at her lunch. She appeared to be slicing her green beans into tiny and precise triangles." So, Harry, Ron, how's training? Hermione asked when it was clear that no one was going to contribute conversation. Neville came over, carrying his plate from Gryffindor, and sat next to Pansy. It's good, 
Finally getting interesting, the first couple months were nothing but drilling protocol and DMLE regulations, but we wrapped all that up two weeks ago, and now we're starting some basic field training. Mostly flying right now. We clocked over eight hours of flying yesterday. Active flying. It's pretty fun. Hermione felt Draco shift and look down. She slid her hand under the table and entwined her fingers with his. He gave it a small squeeze and twirled his fork on his plate. Ginny and Neville asked more questions about aura training, and then the conversation turned to Quidditch. Hermione only half listened as she thoughtfully traced her fingers along Draco's hand. How's school going for you, Hermione? Hermione looked up at Harry. It's going well. Draco and I are doing a project for arithmancy and DADA. We got our equation approved with such a good accuracy margin, we're going to perform the countercurse in class next week. The charm work has ended up being so complex that we've also been collaborating with Flitwick on it. We're going to be accruing a bit of extra credit, which is a nice surprise. I think I mentioned in my letter the amulet is cursed with the Jamino curse. It's quite interesting to analyze after having experienced it. I still have nightmares about that bank vault, Ron said, and that bloody dragon we rode. Wait, what? Draco said, turning to look at her. Hermione ducked her head down. I told you I robbed a bank, didn't I? I had a concussion. I thought I hallucinated that part. You three have robbed a bank? Hermione shrugged awkwardly and avoided the astonished gazes of Draco, Pansy, and Theo. We needed something from the Lestrange vault in order to defeat Voldemort. So I impersonated Bellatrix and we broke in. It was a rather high-security vault. There was a flagrante curse and a Gemino curse on the vault and... and a dragon... The goblins are a bit peeved about it, so we try not to talk about it too much. Peeved? The goblins are a bit peeved because you managed to rob Gringotts? No one robs the goblins. That's why we don't talk about it much, Hermione said, looking down at her lap. For the record, casually bringing up a bank heist during lunchtime conversation is a perfect example of why you're scary, Draco muttered in her ear. End of chapter 30 Narrator's Note Thank you so much for listening to Jermine Audio Fix. I recently set up a coffee page that's KO-FI for those of you who would like to support my work with the donation. You will find the link in the episode and podcast description. Thank you so much for your support.